World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm the host of it, Jeff, and I'm here to talk to you about some creepypastas. So, dear audience, uh, if you are familiar with this show and with creepypastas as a genre in general, you'll have heard of the Russian sleep experiment. This is a very famous creepypasta that isn't very good. Um, I believe that it is one of the creepypastas that is referenced on the Wikipedia article for creepypastas. Um, it is, uh, yeah, here are the wiki- examples of Creepypastas, Slenderman, Jeff the Killer, Ted the Caver, Pen Pal. Oh, this one I should have covered by now. Uh, Nine Mother, (laughs) Nine Horse, Nine Eyes, Nine. Uh, I guess probably you could just call it Mother Horse Eyes, but it's got nines between each words and an underscore at the beginning. Mm, I probably should have covered that one at some point. Whoops. Um, (laughs) Yeah, actually, (laughs) there's a a bunch more uh, listed here now. Uh, Russian Sleep Experiment is not listed, which is weird because I thought that it was. Um, uh, how is that one? I don't know it. It's bad. It's uh, it's <laughs> sort of like a very typical mid two thousands creepypasta where a bunch of characters like tear each other's guts apart and like spread the mm. blood and guts and poop everywhere and it's horrible. And then they're like, "We're gods," uh, and it's like yeah. it's got it like hits all of the things on the checklist of this is something that was posted on four chan in two thousand eight. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's actually where or when it was posted, but I'm assuming. Um, anyway, this is the Arkansas sleep experiment, which seems to be in some ways a, like, remake of the Russian sleep experiment in a way that's not gross. Mm-hmm. Um, we covered this, boy, a long time ago. I'm gonna say it was like, episode four of this podcast was the um, Russian sleep experiment. I'm Googling it now. I have to Google my own podcast. <laughs> episode 15 um, with uh, Stephanie and Cassie Kingsbury, and they didn't like this um, Russian sleep experiment either. Uh, so go listen to it- if you want to hear opinions about that. I don't know if the show that long ago is listenable. <laughs> Is it related to the Dietilov Pass incident story? Do you know? Weirdly, no. Uh, oh, I thought they're the just connection might be important. <laughs> nope. They were just like, uh, well, we want to do a like World War II medical experiment horror story, but we are don't want to do Nazis. Um, (laughs) so rather than just, uh, being like Americans did it, which is a thing that happened. Americans did that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. they made it, uh, the, the other are, are sort of, um, Sundere's, uh, rival superpower (laughs) (laughs) where, where we love them, but we have to be like, well, we're mad at you guys. Uh, yeah, I will kiss you. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Soviet Union, the United Soviet mm-hmm. States of Russia. Um, anyway, this isn't about Russian sleep experiment. Please welcome my guest, Louisa Heron. Hello. And we're going to talk about Arkansas sleep experiment by oh boy, Reddit user Nazi Sharks, um, <laughs> who seems to be uh, a person named Jared Roberts. When I click on the page. Um, 
I like to write stories. Here is the, uh, Jared Roberts's um, bio here. It says, I like to write stories that play my audience like a dirty harpsichord. Creep them out, make them laugh, give them boners, preferably all at once. Uh, wow. So I take I take no responsibility for that um, person. This was posted. Oh, this was posted just in October of 2017. So this is a somewhat oh. recent, uh, about a year old now. Um, you can uh, go listen to it on the episode of the No Sleep Podcast, Waiting for Ten, uh, or if you're a season nine holder, I think it's on episode 16 of uh, no episode 22 of season nine. Sorry, uh, but I mean also. So it's available for free on one of the episodes, so just listen to that one. Uh, but we're, enough about him. Uh, it opens with, in italics, to those who sleep, uh, and is yeah. fittingly about sleeplessness. So tell us sort of yeah. what happens. So it's a pretty short story. Uh, it's structured. There's a, a bit of an introduction where the protagonist says that they um, were on a college campus, I think, and there's a professor who did sleep studies, and he was wanted people to be part of a month-long study where he would uh, have you come live at a compound for a month. And at the end of the month, the goal is that you would never need to sleep again. So you'd have all this extra time in your day because sleep would be completely unnecessary. So the protagonist decides to sign up for this. And then the whole story is broken down in a uh, structure of weeks. One, two, three, and four. Ah, yep. So, yeah. Um, let's see. The protagonist goes to this place. It's in Arkansas. Arkansas sleep experiment. Um, it's supposed to be a government facility that was never used, so it's kind of creepy, like a weird jail. And... <laughs> I'm yeah, they call it, they call it the octagon. It's like this big oh, yes. concrete octagonal structure uh, at the end of a bunch of dirt roads in the woods of Arkansas. Uh, the protagonist meets other people who are doing the study. I am not sure how many there are. <laughs> I've just realized three or four other people. Oh yeah, I. Uh, it doesn't ever say like here's the whole cast. If this yeah. was a movie, there would totally be a scene where the camera <laughs> like is in the center of their dinner table. It goes around to all of their. Different conversations to demonstrate their different personality types. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't happen in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to me, the story. It's, all the people involved are young men, so there's never any romantic or jealousy angle to any of this because, I, I mean, I guess they're all heterosexual, but there's no women at all, so uh, it kind of uh, cuts Yeah, that's weird. I thought, I thought there were. I thought there were. Stuff. Yeah, I expected hmm. there to be, but there were not. Uh, maybe one of the characters was voiced by a woman in the audio mm. version. That's probably not true. Uh, <laughs> we've got Don, JT, main character. James. James, yeah. I'm Don? trying to scroll through and see. Uh, that might be all of them, right? Yeah. You would expect a woman because in a horror movie like this where you've got characters who are just supposed to be filling roles, you would need at least one woman, but... Yeah. No. Also, if you were doing... Um, I, you know I guess if you're doing a medical test, you either want half and half or all one gender. Yeah. I mean, from a study point of view, it would probably help cut down on extra uh, extraneous things, but from a story point of view, <laughs> I feel yeah. like you'd need those extraneous things. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's also, uh, it's a good way to ratchet up tension by making it all men <laughs> because, mm, um, uh, I mean, it's a generalization, but also it's the way we're socialized to be sort of immediately competitive and aggressive and not admit when maybe we're wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are good qualities for this style, good qualities for the characters to have in this style of horror story. Mm -hmm. Um, the characters are sort of nominally given different personalities, but that's really not important <laughs> in this story <laughs> No. Yeah. Well, I think one of them is uh, Scottish. <laughs> sure. Oh, uh, Australian. Sorry, one of them is Australian. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I. the only reason I picked up on it, not just because it's mentioned in the story uh, that he came from Australia, but because the uh, voice actor did an accent. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, just yeah. Just for that so, guy. Just for I've James. I've only read it, so I'd probably get a different view of it all. Yeah. Um, to describe the story is pretty straightforward, because the characters just talk to each other, and they all seem normal at first, and they talk about how great it would be if this sleep study worked. And then they, over the course of the weeks, uh, devolve into madness in a very realistic kind of way, where someone just seems to be hearing voices, and someone else thought they saw something, and someone else thinks that the angles of the building aren't correct. And then... Even you as the reader are not sure whether they are becoming paranoid or whether they are actually being observed in this weird government building. Yeah, but they do frequently stop to be like, you know what? We're getting paranoid. Let's just yes. write this down as a symptom. <laughs> they um, do, yeah. Which yes. is very good. I like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it starts off with little things like, oh, I thought I saw something. No, never mind. But then as the weeks go on, people see far more uh, detailed hallucinations and hear things. Uh, one of the characters thinks his mother, who is dead, is talking to him and telling him. And he's him, very reasonably like, well, my mother's dead, so that can't be what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I think that character gets from his mother that he needs to find the door out of the building through the guts of another character. Character? Yeah, he's uh, the mother tells him that the door's in JT, and he's like, yeah. "That's unreasonable. Obviously, I'm not going to listen to her." Yeah, uh, <laughs> dear reader. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> As the weeks go on, everyone really succumbs to their different types of delusions, and uh, yes, the character that one character does kill JT to check if there's a door in him, and uh, someone else disappears in the kitchen while the main character and the, this character are trying to escape. They they um they go into an elevator that ends oh, up not yes. not being there, and it's also <laughs> weird because the building is one story. Yeah, and then the uh, protagonist uh, tries to do something to keep their mind together. I forget what ex exactly it was, but they refuse to do something. I think <laughs> does this sound right? Hmm. Uh, they're I'm trying to check. It's very. They get into a bunch of arguments about their situation, um, and then they start like talking to each other less and less, and that's when the bad things happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, we oh, got into. Yes. Okay, I found it. Uh, okay. The yeah, the characters are sleeping less and less. They're starting to think s someone's observing them or talking to them in their sleep. Uh, the main character once the character has tried to escape to the kitchen with another character. The other character has disappeared into thin air. Our protagonist. Uh, puts wax from a candle onto paper towels and stuffed them into his ears <laughs> and closed his eyes <laughs> so that he could sleep without anyone uh, giving him brainwaves, which is what they've been having.
having in their sleep for the study. And he does make himself fall asleep eventually. <laughs> and then he wakes up. The professor is there saying, uh, the sleep study's over. It didn't work out so well, but everyone else is fine. You imagined all those things you saw. Uh, they have gone back to their homes. You're not allowed to contact them. And we're giving you a bunch of money and you're not allowed to talk about the study, but everything's fine and you imagined it all. So that kind of just leaves you to wonder if it was true or not. Yeah, it's, um, this, okay. So first of all, <laughs> I'm going to say that I like this story, uh, quite a bit. I definitely mm -hmm. like it way better than the goddamn Russian sleep experiment, um, <laughs> which is a bad story. This story is, you know, pretty good. I thought it did a very good job of describing some things that will come in nightmares, like in a very realistic way. Yeah. Uh, the characters seem sort of believable. Um, it also works really well as a no-sleep story because it's there's a reason why the character would be posting this to Reddit to be like, mm -hmm. this scary thing happened to me and I want to... Oh no, I'm yawning! <laughs> <laughs> you can't fall asleep, you'll get attacked in your brain. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> this is a real Freddy Krueger situation. You have to put uh, candle wax in your ears, apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, he like drips wax on paper towel. It was such a weird thing because he could have just stuck the wax in there. That mm. works as a pretty good uh, earplug. Mm -hmm. Like they, they have those. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's uh, there's a reason for him to be posting it because he's trying to be like um, getting message to the other people. It mm. lists them at the end. James, JT, and Don are the three other people, oh, which yes. doesn't matter because none of them have personalities. Besides, in this experiment, and like to play Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because it is mentioned that while they are not sleeping, they are playing a lot of Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you feel about the story, not having the same background as I do in one creepypasta and two, the sort of inspiration <laughs> for this story? Um, I thought it was pretty good. I like that it was really kind of bare bones. It's just a short story. It really gets to the point. And what it spends time doing is describing the weird hallucinations and nightmares, which I thought was very good because they were very realistic. So yeah, I liked it overall. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's weird because like, I didn't particularly, like, I'm not crazy about the story, but I can't point out anything that I really think is wrong with it. It yeah. does some cool, it does some cool stuff. I think the escalation is pretty good. I think this would make a pretty good movie, like a nice 80 minute, like Netflix original. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I like the, the fact that they measure the angles of the building and they're the wrong, they're, oh, the, yeah. the building is too big. Mm -hmm. Um, like they measure all the angles and if you measure all of the angles of any polygon, it adds up to 360, right? Um, yeah. but this one adds up to a higher number than that. Like the building's too big. <laughs> that is very good. Cause then you're never sure if that's paranoia or if that's something going on with the actual building. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a really effective way to, to be like, to, cause it doesn't have any consequence and we never figure out what's going wrong, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of little things in there that just sort of add to the paranoid atmosphere. Like, the building's too big, where does that elevator go? That sort of thing. Like, why is this building not being used? And that's mm -hmm. all That's all really strong world building, I think. Yeah. Um, as detestable as I find this person's um, <laughs> Reddit bio, uh, I think that <laughs> they did a good job constructing a, a spooky story with believable dialogue and uh, strong world building. I really also liked that the characters wonder at some point if they're free to leave or not. 
and they sort of don't really check. And I think that's very relatable. I feel like if I was in <laughs> such a situation, started to become paranoid that I had been imprisoned, I might not really try to escape so that I could still tell myself, no, no, everything's fine. <laughs> I'm not an Im- imprisoned in here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's especially like they put the worry of like, oh, we're getting paid a lot of money for this. And if we leave, maybe we <laughs> won't get paid. So we're going to yeah. stay until things get like super bad. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> one thing I was thinking about a lot while listening to this story is why haven't we cured sleep? Yeah, that's a good point. I heard that it's a way for the brain to like download things into long term storage and then get rid of stuff it doesn't need. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, but we haven't, like, our bodies also still need to sleep. Yeah. I mean, our brains are part of our bodies, but, like, like our, our muscles get tired. Uh, at the very least, I don't understand how we haven't been able to be like, here's a pill you can take, and you just need, like, three hours, and then you're good. <laughs> they make those, don't they? <laughs> but people aren't good, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the problem, is <laughs> how have they not made it so that it works. Well, doesn't the body have to repair itself as well, just even on a physical level? Yeah, but it just it just seems so weird that we haven't made a, uh, made a way of that working quickly. <laughs> I don't know. I really like to sleep, so <laughs> I'm not too uh, worried about getting rid of it. I only like to sleep because I'm tired all the time. If we made it so that we <laughs> wouldn't have to sleep, I wouldn't be tired all the time. <laughs> I like having dreams, though. I always remember my dreams every single night, so it's Next uh, have I to think over in the morning. <laughs> I pretty much only have nightmares lately. I haven't had too many oh, no. of the the classic nightmare that I I've talked about on this show and seeing Reddit of um, uh, living the plot of Billy Madison. <laughs> um, <laughs> That, the, the like the the nightmare I frequently have is oh we did the paperwork wrong and now you have to do high school again mm-hmm. and I have that dream all the time like uh, at least once a week I think um, and it always resolves by me being like wait I already have my degree though so it doesn't <laughs> matter like you only need the high school diploma to get the degree so I'm just gonna leave I'm 30 I shouldn't be here all these other people are like 16 this is like that I don't is need such- to. <laughs> is such a theme in nightmares where someone's like, alright, you have to come with me to get into my creepy van or something. And in the dream, you're like, I guess I do have to. He said so. <laughs> and then if you think about it rationally, you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> but you never get yeah. to that point. <laughs> no, I do. I do get to that. Like, oh, I'll, be in the, I'll be in the dream and it'll drop me in and I'll be like, alright, you have to go to, oh boy, it's the middle of the school year and I have to look at my schedule? What's going on? And then I get to the class and they're like, here's a test. And I'm like, wait, I don't have to do this. I'm 30, and then I leave. Um, do you have like, a lucid dream where you, you get to the next level, which is, oh, this isn't even really happening. This is a dream, which is the no. most amazing feeling. Ah. No, I don't know how. That's my dreams, because I'm anxious, my dreams are pretty much always about loss of control and resolve themselves by me taking control back, and then I just wake up, because the dream <laughs> is over. Well, that's uh, good. You're working through some stuff. That's an important yeah. dream function. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's <laughs> more just like acting out my fears, and then at the end of them, I realize that the problem didn't exist, which doesn't help in the waking times. <laughs> realizing, that the problem, realizing that the problem is not real does not help me 
when I'm awake because the problems are also not real when I'm awake, but they, they're still there. Or like they are real and worrying about them doesn't help, but it doesn't like not worrying about them doesn't make them go away. That is the cruelest kind of dream where you have some problem. You're like, oh no, how am I going to afford this thing I have to buy? And in the dream, you're like, oh, here's a big pile of money. <laughs> Hooray, yeah. all my problems are solved. Uh-huh. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, my brain solved that problem the wrong way. <laughs> I had, when I was a kid, a bunch of dreams in like anticipation of something happening. <laughs> like, uh, I think I still have it. Like, if I'm going to go to uh, take a trip somewhere, I'll, I'll have um, dreams leading up where I go on the trip and it's it's great and I have a great time. But I remember one time uh, waking up as a child with my arms stretched out in front of me as if I was holding a Game Boy because I dreamed that I had gotten a Game Boy. <laughs> Uh, and then I got for my birthday, I used all my birthday money. Um, you know, what? I can probably figure out what birthday this is because it, the Game Boy Pocket was the main Game Boy on the market. Uh, oh, but the okay. Game Boy, the Game Boy Color was coming out in September. This was in June because my birthday's in June. And, um, oh no, uh, and, um, yeah, no, sorry, it was coming out in November. Uh, and this was in June. This was 1998. So this was my 10th birthday. And instead of waiting to get the Game Boy Color later, <laughs> I got the Game Boy Pocket right away. And that yeah. was a bad choice because Kids then my make little... make a lot of those bad choices. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that Christmas, my little brother got a Game Boy Color. Oh, no. Uh, and then I was always playing games on his Game Boy Color because he didn't like playing video games. Oh, well, that worked out. <laughs> yeah, but then they ended up getting him, like, they ended up getting him another one anyway so that we could both have them so that we wouldn't have to share. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, it was, like... The it was totally awesome once I did get a Game Boy, but it was <laughs> extremely frustrating to have those dreams about having a Game Boy. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, uh, it's boy. Now I'm just looking at the Wikipedia article for the Game Boy Color. What a cool system. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember it that well. I remember the original Game Boy very clearly because I saved up for that and bought it myself. And yeah. it was an amazing game system because you could change what game was in it. It was the big thing for us kids at the time. Because yeah, that was that, that was not something handheld games could yeah. really do before. Yeah, exactly. So that was really a big deal. And I played so much Tetris. Yeah, I actually I discovered the actual first handheld with a changeable game. And it was a very weird one where like... The, the game cartridge had like a screen and I think buttons on it. Uh, <laughs> and you plugged it into this like console. It was so weird. Um, anyway, anyway, it was, uh, but like the Game Boy really, boy, that just, it changed everything. Uh, I thankfully never had the six battery, uh, yellow screen brick. I started with the Game Boy Pocket, <laughs> which took, I think, Three three triple A's or two triple A's um, mm. had longer battery life and a black and white screen instead of a green and mud screen, <laughs> um, and you could actually uh. see you could see by looking at it. Oh, here we go. The oldest true handheld game console with interchangeable cartridges is the Milton Bradley Microvision from 1979, oh, predating the Game Boy by a full ten years. Um, yeah, that's very very interesting to me, especially because. 
the actual system itself is like basically just a case to hold the game cartridge, which has all the buttons and the screen on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's is, such an interesting uh, idea. Very uh, weird. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, what's the spookiest part of the Arkansas sleep experiment to you? Uh, I think maybe it's when they uh, see one of their friends. <laughs> They're not really friends, I guess. When they see one of the other participants uh, get into the elevator and say, bye guys, and then go disappear, wave to them happily, but disappear, and they realize that there's never an elevator there at all. Yeah, I I really enjoy that also. Um, it's it, it, like, it plays with your perception and you never find out the answer. Like, was there an elevator, but they secretly hit it because they're government <laughs> goons, or was this person imagining all of it? Mm-hmm. Um, the the spooky thing to me, I think, was when it's uh, James is like, he's distressed at the thing that he's obviously going to be compelled to do. Like, mm-hmm. before he tears open JT, he's like, the voice is telling me to tear open JT and I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. That part to me is really scary of being like, having yeah. this, it it's, it's, works as a really good metaphor for like, intrusive thoughts. Where you're, you have to try and, um, I know I have this problem a lot of trying to sort out the things I actually believe from the things that the random neurons firing in my brain make me think. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously I, I'm not constantly thinking like Wario spaghetti fart, but like your <laughs> brain you're just will- constantly saying it. <laughs> yeah. It's my catchphrase. You know me, Wario spaghetti <laughs> fart. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where like, uh, the sorting out, it, it's especially with like unkind thoughts, like, oh, I want to punch that guy in the face from mm-hmm. what you actually believe, which is uh, you probably shouldn't punch anybody in the face. Uh, I mean, unless, yeah. you know, the people that I, you should punch in the face, which everybody knows if they're listening to this by now. At this point, if you're still listening to the show after 149 <laughs> episodes and you somehow don't know that I think that it would be very good if you pushed Nazis into traffic, uh, <laughs> I don't know how you've gotten this far. I have been so unkind to, um, conservative people who, uh, don't know what they're for and then listen to the show and then they're like you should keep politics out of the show uh no you should have better opinions is what you yeah. should do yeah you change sure. no no you change like that yeah. captain america panel that gets shared a lot that's actually kind of bad i will push you into traffic just watch yeah <laughs> uh, my classic is if you're listening in the car roll down the windows drive into a river and let the water fill up your car and then breathe very deeply once it covers your mouth <laughs> um, uh, and that that one has upset people, and so now I relate it as a thing I've said in the past that has upset people who I would like to be upset. <laughs> You're just quoting past Jeff. Uh huh. <laughs> I still stand. I still stand by it. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that's yeah. uh, do we do any final thoughts on Arkansas sleep experiment before we move into plugs? Mm, no, I just like a good handling of uh, nightmares because I think sometimes when people try to set out to write a story about nightmares, they get 
too into like a, a strict story structure and the and the elements are way too just fantastical but with no thought behind them and these all felt very real so I like that yeah yeah nightmares have to feel uh, how nightmares feel in stories and mm-hmm. boy movies never get it right no. I think the only the only movie I saw that had good nightmares in it that I can recall off the top of my head is like uh, Shutter Island has pretty good nightmares but that movie is not very good uh, and then the movie Mother while it doesn't have good nightmares the whole thing feels like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a two-hour uh, videotape of your worst anxiety dream that you could possibly imagine happening. Oh, no. Ha- have- <laughs> happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's a word now. Uh, yeah, it's it's like it starts with a bunch of strangers are coming into my house and I really don't like it and uh, my husband keeps telling me that it's okay for them to be there and keeps telling mm-hmm. Them that it's okay for them to be there, but I've worked really hard to make this house really nice. Oh god, oh god, oh god. And that's like the first 20 minutes, and it just gets worse and worse and worse along those lines. And this escalating. is a movie you really like. I know that. This is a movie that I think is the best movie that came out in 2017 <laughs> by a country mile. And it has that. a it has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, probably because the psychic experience of watching it is extremely unpleasant. Mm, yeah. Uh, there was a recommendation, I think, on the Flophouse that it was a very good movie, but if you think you might not like it, you probably shouldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to see it because I really, really like Darren Aronofsky, and I think Jennifer Lawrence is a very good actor, and so uh, it's those two together. Um, boy, <laughs> it's disturbing when you think about the context of they were dating when they made this movie because mm. it is about like a nightmarishly dysfunctional relationship between an <laughs> between an artist and a much younger woman. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, boy, it's like I can't imagine reading that script and being like, "Yeah, I'm going to keep dating this person." <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, I felt that way a lot of about a lot of uh, movies that are made by a male filmmaker and his female muse. I don't understand why that muse stays with him or appears in yep. that movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I'm also the only person who enjoyed Darren Aronofsky's Noah, so uh, <laughs> take take my recommendation with a grain of salt, I guess. If you like Darren Aronofsky, uh, watch the movie. Uh, oh, I guess this will be my recommendation for the end of this episode, because I said I was going to do that. Um, uh, watch, watch Mother if you thought the nightmare stuff in this story was pretty good. Um, and if you like Darren Aronofsky, watch it. If you like uh, pretty gruesome, extreme horror stuff watch it because it, it kind of goes there in parts like really goes there um so if you find like graphic violence upsetting maybe skip it um very well performed uh oh you know what? a good comparison is the nightmare drug sequences from his earlier film requiem for a dream it's like a whole movie of those uh, uh, where can the people find you online in the ways that you want them to do so? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Heronbird. My account's locked, but that's fine. You can still follow me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, J3FK. Snapchat and Instagram, JeffJK. Patreon.com slash JeffJK. $1 a month gets you a bunch of stuff. Creepypodsta fan group on Facebook. If you want to send me an email, you can go to Jeff at Funtimes.online. Not go to. <laughs> you can go to gmail.com and then type in the two field, Jeff at Funtimes.online. <laughs> 
in the subject field, hey Jeff, this is my email to you. Uh, and then <laughs> you're gonna get a bunch of emails say. that say that, and you'll be God like, what the it. hell is this? Uh, I'm so mad. Uh, <laughs> damn it, <laughs> Jeff from June, how could you? Um, so that is everything for this episode. And now I'm, boy, after 150 episodes, <laughs> you think I would have learned to have a, a final line uh, done? Um, I think Professor Richardson was right about one thing. Sleep really is something we evolved to protect us. Thank you.